This episode of the TCIA podcast is brought to you by Kopma Cranes, the most competitive knuckle boom crane for the tree care industry. Unleash your full potential with Kopma for tree care. Kopma Cranes are built for heavy duty applications with the best hydraulic technology to maximize your reach and lifting capacity like never before. Kotma's tech team, together with the unique know-how of tree care professionals, has developed the ultimate top-range cranes models for grapple saw applications. Extra functions to the tip with no diverter valves are making it ready for the grapple saw. Kotma represents the edge of mechatronic innovation thanks to superior oil flow with 5 8 inch hoses directly to the grapple. A true 100% stability at 360 degrees angle with the possibility of Kotma Remote Connectivity 4.0, a unique GPRS communication for diagnosis and remote adjustment of parameters in real time. Kotma cranes have been built since the 60s with the highest grades of steel resistance and the most reliable and advanced Italian design and engineering made to outperform an intensive use in the field. Visit cpsgroup.com for more information or contact your local Kotma dealer. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Samson Rope. Your rigging ropes aren't just tools of the trade. They do the grunt work. They have to endure dynamic loads, abrasion, and moving through hardware while keeping you safe which is why Samson Rigging Ropes are specifically designed and engineered to meet the rigors of your job, the result of a legacy of over 140 years of innovation. Stable Braid Rigging Line is the industry standard for arborists. A durable polyester double braid rope with a high strength to weight ratio, torque-free construction with UV protection. Put Stable Braid to work for you. Stable Braid from Samson, the strongest name in rope. Visit samsonrope.com for more information. My name is Amy Tatro. I'm the SVP of corporate engagement at TCIA. And basically what that means is that I lead the team that handles all of our corporate members. So our corporate members are our vendors, our suppliers, our exhibitors, most notably. Um, and I lead the charge um, on all the things that involve them. So exhibiting at Expo, advertising, sponsorships, hanging out, all that good stuff. So how did you get your start at TCIA? I guess for you, I guess is how did you get both starts at TCIA? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I started, it's like 10 years ago now, which is like so nuts to think about. I started in the marketing department. Joe, I started in the role that you are in now. So, ooh, ooh it all comes full circle, right? Um, yeah. So I worked my way through the marketing department for, or for quite a while. Um, as some folks may know, I took a brief sabbatical from TCIA, went out and explored some different opportunities, realized how much I actually really loved this industry and this organization and came back. I came back in a totally different role um, in fundraising and sponsorships. And again, over the ebb and flow of time, I've made it to the role that I'm in now, again, SVP of corporate engagement. Um, so I'm in charge of the team or one of the teams, I guess, that's really actively involved with building the trade show floor and sort of creating that TCI Expo experience. Yeah. And going off of it, we kind of have a history of hiring people like months, weeks or days before Expo. Was that one of were you one of those lucky few or did you have time to prepare for it? 
Such a great question. I know Charlie started what two days before his yeah first his expo. his first day was actually at TCI Expo. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I started a little bit before Charlie, so no, I started in June, and then Expo was in November. So I had I came right in to when TCI really starts sort of the full throttle TCI Expo preparation. So I came right into that season. So what was your first Expo like, and do you remember where it was? I, I absolutely 100% do not remember where it was. That's fair. Here's, here's my first expo experience. It's a complete and total blur. <laughs> I remember being really, really overwhelmed and really tired in like the best way possible. Mm-hmm. But for those of you who have been to an expo, you totally know what I'm talking about right now, where it is just you are on for like three, four, five days. There are just thousands of people and a million things to look at and tons of education and for the TCIS staff, a lot to get done. So no, I really don't remember my TCI Expo, um, my first one. It's, it's a total blur. But you still came back and you made it, even though there was a 4 a.m. wake up time and, you know, arriving to all the stuff on time gets 100 yeah (laughs) so working now in your current role in corporate engagement you do a majority of the behind the scenes work that our attendees will never experience and over different conversations with like dave and diane we talked about the logistics that go into setting up a trade show floor in its most basic form um what other kind of behind the scenes things go on in your role with your team that uh, you'd like people to know about? Yeah, it's a loaded question. So let me start here. I think before I moved into this role on the corporate engagement team, back when I was sort of in your shoes, Joe, and when I was in marketing, honestly, I didn't really realize how much work went into every single moment of the show. I mean, I think everybody understands that creating a show like this is a heavy lift. Like that's pretty obvious, but the minute details that are involved are just astronomical, you know, determining every piece of curtain for every 10 by 10 and which direction it's going to face and making sure that everybody has their trash can and everybody has the move-in time that they need so that you can maneuver this giant piece of equipment um, across and then down the show floor um, and make sure that it's not, you know, contradicting with the move-in time of this other company. It's, it's baffling. It's mind-boggling for those of us um, who have seen it behind the scenes and, are, and those of us like me who are still pretty new to that whole space of it. I think the quote that resonates the most with me as far as like behind the scenes of expo is that quote where it says the easier it looks the harder it was and i think that that's one thing that expo does really well is that for the most part the show tends to run pretty seamlessly you know attendees show up exhibitors show up there's there's obviously problems but for the most part i'm pretty proud of everything that we are able to do in a fairly quote unquote easy way knowing that every easy decision has 65 other steps behind the scenes that were challenging and hard. And those, the attendees and the exhibitors may not see all of that. So I think, I think that that's sort of my summary. The easier it looks, the better TCI Expo shows up, the harder it was in the background. Yeah, I think that's good. And I, I think a question I have 
because we or I see things from a staff perspective and an attendee perspective, but the exhibitors also have their own unique perspectives in terms of what they do. Do you have kind of a like the broadest sense of if you're an exhibitor at TCI Expo, what are you actually going through? Because it's quite different than what both the attendees and us as staff go through. Yeah, super good point. I, I appreciate that because you're right. I don't think everybody fully understands everything that these vendors have to do to make their presence on the trade show floor really shine. I mean, I think it's June 8th right now and, and we're in it. We're knee deep in it with um, all of our exhibitors. We have online portals where they log in and they start ordering everything that they need for the show. They start planning out everything that they need. So they have to book the size of their space. They have to book all of the carpet around it. They have to ship every, every single thing that's in their booth, you know, down to the piece of paper. You have to organize that shipment so it arri arrives on the proper day, in the proper loading dock, at the proper move-in time. Um, you have to again, get your equipment from wherever you are in California all the way to Indianapolis. Some of that equipment is really big. Some of it's heavy. Some of it is a lot of quantity of equipment. So it's a really heavy lift for our exhibitors. They start planning. I mean, we plan years in advance, but like I said, June 8th, they're knee deep in it right now. They're planning out staffing, who's going to be able to attend the show, who's going to provide support, what does that look like? And that's just sort of like the logistics of like, okay, how do I actually make this thing work? And then again, the flip side of that is just like here at TCIA, they need to promote themselves. You know, we want to make sure that all of our attendees know that these vendors, that these exhibitors are going to be at the show. So our companies also have to, you know, reach out to their customer base ensure that the marketing materials, the promotions, the raffles, the product launches, everything that they're going to be doing at TCI Expo is buttoned up now. Because again, as an attendee, when you come to the show and you're like, heck yes, you know, I'm here because I heard company A is going to be unveiling their new piece of equipment. That's awesome. I can't wait to check it out and get a really great deal. Awesome. Again, all of that work has to happen from the exhibitor side. They need to one, <laughs> make sure that piece of equipment is ready to go <laughs> for Expo. They need to get it to the show floor. They need to make sure that their marketing materials highlight that it's new, highlight the discount that they're gonna have, highlight the promotion, make sure that people are aware that they should come to company A's booth at a certain time to learn more about it. Again, the easier it looks, the harder it was. Yeah, can I just tell you how much I actually loved watching the move-in day? when we were doing for <laughs> Pittsburgh because I had such a good view with the the catwalk and stuff like that you yeah. got to see everything moving around like ants but I was also uh very terrified when I was on in hall d and they were moving in some of the larger pieces of equipment because I like to think I'm a fairly competent driver but watching mm -hmm. trucks like full-size trucks drive onto a trade show floor backwards in reverse going around stanchions and all these yeah. other things um I was super impressed and it really made me think that well it also made me think when I saw the traffic blocked off outside when I was sitting in my uber and they're like why is there so much traffic and I'm like I don't know bunch of jerks know. bunch of Who jerks that? that's yeah that's who's <laughs> it but you know it's, it's really impressive just watching everything be moved in and I guess it's impressive watching everything be unloaded too because a lot of these exhibitors don't leave with the same stuff that they came with 
Yeah, it's such a good point. I would definitely um, recommend people like check out any videos or any photos that we have, which we've taken over the years where when you watch like a time lapse of a trade show floor that is like a massive, massive trade show floor that's completely empty. And then over, you know, the span of a few hours is just like packed with tree demos and, um, you know, climbing rigs and huge pieces of equipment. It's you're right. It's super, super cool to see. So that's some of the other like behind the scenes stuff that, again, I never really thought about before. I knew it happened, but you really sort of come to appreciate it when you can really see what, what that means. It's almost like the night before Christmas with all the presents sitting underneath the trees, what yeah. that, what that, <laughs> what that night feels like when we finally get to, to walk away from it, knowing that we'll be back the next day. I, what I think I'm hearing is that you're going to leave out some milk and cookies for the exhibitor team, right? Like, so that we can have those snacks. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring some freshly baked cookies for you guys. Perfect. I'm not sure if they'll survive the plane ride, but I'll do my best. Perfect. What was your favorite TCI expo that you've been to? And I know it's a pretty broad decision for somebody who's gone to more than two. Unlike me, I got two to choose from, <laughs> but which one, which one was your favorite? Yeah, I was thinking about this. I, honestly, I'm not sure if I can pick just one. I have moments from each of them. Um, I think the most recent year that we held the TCI Expo welcome reception at the NASCAR Hall of Fame was a blast. TCI worked with Verbeer and we were able to build like a really, really fun event. And, you know, as the exhibiting team and as the sponsoring company, we got to test out those activities at the Hall of Fame you know, racing one another in the virtual mm -hmm. games and, and touring around and just like planning an event that we knew was going to be really special. So that, that one really sticks out in my mind because it was, it was different and it was fun and unique. Um, and it was just super cool to see everybody interacting in a different way. And everybody that's been to a welcome reception at the NASCAR Hall of Fame totally knows what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, going a little further back, I also really loved the year that we built an entire museum on the trade show floor for TCIA's 75th anniversary. I don't know if anybody's talked about that one. Kathleen, yet. Kathleen, Kathleen brought did. it up. Yeah. I should have known. Yeah. So, I mean, piggybacking on what Kathleen said, I'm sure we had antique cars and like original equipment and like all kinds of just like awesome vintage photos and clothing and all of the artwork that Kathleen created from scratch. It was an entire museum on the trade show floor, which is just in retrospect, awesome. Like it was such a cool thing to see. And, and personally, like I was in charge of the chainsaws for some reason, like during move-in, I have some pretty stellar photos of me, like all five feet tall of me moving some of those like massive chainsaws into the museum on the trade show floor like trying to carry a steel chainsaw from like 1942 that's mm -hmm. double my body size I'm, I'm still not really sure why anybody thought I was the best person for that but that moment is burned into my brain well that's awesome yeah I, there's so many good moments from each of them that it's, it can be hard to choose just one. And I want to ask you a similar question I asked Diane when she was on. When choosing a location, 
Diane in the meeting side of things look at it from an overall perspective in terms of you know where people can fly into city cost all that kind of stuff um, as the as the corporate engagement team you guys also have a lot to say because the the trade show floor is is a large attraction what kind of stuff when you guys are going on these site visits are you looking for in these locations yeah, super great point. I mean, the events team is just, um, they're so solid in, in helping us find places to start. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. a hard, it's a hard endeavor to just kind of like jump into for sure. So once we've kind of, you know, winnowed down the list to potential locations and, and we review all the things that like Diane mentioned as, as far as, um, space and flying in and attendees and all of that sort of stuff. Um, Some of the key factors that we have to look at that, again, maybe people aren't necessarily aware of are obviously the size of the trade show floor. (laughs) I mean, at its most basic, we have a pretty big trade show. Um, We have a lot of heavy equipment, a lot of big equipment and a lot of people. So we need space that can accommodate us. And I think it's important to note that not only do we need that space like width wise, as far as like the actual footprint, we need space that's high. So we mm-hmm. need to be able to make sure that you know our aerial lifts and all of those pieces of, of equipment that need to go up like cranes, that they can fit in the convention center, maybe not at full capacity, but um, that they can get in there <laughs> sort yeah. of at its most basic. And then they can show off their equipment to a certain extent. Um, most convention centers have that but not all. I mean, there are some convention centers that you just can't get that type of equipment in. Similarly, there's a lot of like weird, like like little details. Um, columns, for instance, a lot of uh, convention centers will have columns set up, you know, to support the roof or, you know, silly things like that. Yeah. But depending how that's set up, the equipment needs to be able to make its way around. So it, it's sort of like the logistics of that kind of stuff is what we need to pay attention to when we go on site visits as far as the trade show floor. I mean, the behind the scenes stuff that can be fun, kind of going back to the welcome reception like we were talking about, is that we also have to scout out places for the welcome reception. Like we have to find someplace awesome. So, I mean, we've visited aquariums and bars and museums to be able to find that perfect, you know, NASCAR Hall of Fame venue where we can host like a really epic party. Yeah, I was going to ask about the the welcome reception portion of things because 2019, we were at the football field. 2018, we were at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. How do you guys manage to find such like cool places to go to that are, you know, super photo worthy? Because I think if I ever went to a city like that, some of those things I would never even know about and never would even hit my radar, like the NASCAR Hall of Fame it seemed like for me, it was like, it's just connected to the convention center, which makes it, you know, perfect. Is it usually that easy or is it usually a a process to find something that's close by that attendees can go to that? Yeah. Yeah. Super great question. Again, I can't, um, I can't sing the praises of our events team enough. They, they do the heavy lifting, especially at the beginning because they're experts, right? They're experts at planning parties. (laughs) They're, that's what they do. So it really starts with us saying, okay, here are our needs. We need it to be within a reasonable distance of the convention center. We need it to be able to hold like a pretty significant number of people. We need it to be available on the evening of the event. Um, We need to be able to 
afford it. Like there are a lot of factors. Usually the way it goes is that we start with our list and then our events team starts to dig and they come back and they say, hey, here are all of the potentials and every possible facet. Like, do we want to go to the children's museum? <laughs> like we don't leave anything off the table mm -hmm. until we really start to dig into it and we go to we have those site visits. We go to the location and and check it out because oftentimes, you know, seeing is believing. Like seeing it is being like, okay, I see what we can do here. Let's let's make it happen. No, that's super cool. So thank you for filling me in on what the process looks like from the other side of things. Um, I don't have any other questions. So is there anything that you wanted to say about Expo or the corporate engagement team or the welcome reception or anything really in general? I guess I would just share a little bit of advice to all of us. <laughs> those of us that have been to Expo, those of us who have not been to Expo, I think we're already, I think all of us are sort of in this weird place where we're like heading back into the world and back into socializing, which is something we've been missing for a couple of years. Um, so my, my biggest piece of advice, and it, it speaks a little bit to, you know, my first experience of Expo, which was a blur, is that I would say plan your schedule ahead of time. Like, it sounds so simple, but just, you know, use the TCI mobile app, use the website, use the brochure, look at all of the awesome things that this entire team is building, and really plan out what you want to do. You know, it's really easy to get overwhelmed and and miss something. Um, so I would say take that time beforehand. And especially this year, I would say also reach out to your friends and to your colleagues and to those folks who you haven't seen since 2019 and schedule that time to meet up on the trade show floor. You know, say, hey, you know, Bob Smith from Company X, like, I haven't seen you. I'm going to pop by your booth Friday at 3 p.m. Like, get it on your calendar, get it on their calendar. And that way you're not going to miss out because I feel like this year is going to be a blur for everybody else. And I just really want to make sure that we all make the most of it. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Samson Rope. Your climbing ropes aren't just tools of the trade. Your life literally depends on them. Specifically designed to endure any environment you throw at them, Samson climbing lines not only meet the rigors of your job, but are engineered to keep you safe. The result of a legacy of over 140 years of innovation. Hyperclimb is a new 100% polyester 11.7 millimeter double braid climbing line, engineered for both moving and stationary rope systems that run well with your hardware and prusiks. Hyperclimb's low elongation is key for long ascents and dual-purpose climbing. Hyperclimb from Samson, the strongest name in rope. Visit SampsonRope.com for more information.